ora, welcome to Dancing in Your Head, the show which investigates the outer reaches of music. And uh, we have a very special guest today, Zach Argabride. Hey, Zach. Kia ora. Very happy to be here. Yeah. You're a bit quiet, Zach. Say it again. Okay. There we Kia ora. Are. Got you. Uh, Zach. Is a musician from originally from Kentucky, yeah. Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, is that right? That's right. And um, has been in New Zealand for a few years, doing a doctorate in sonic arts yeah. and uh, doing music, and also works at Perma Club, I do. doing uh, various jobs yeah. at Perma Club. <laughs> and um, well. I don't know what we're going to play today. Yeah. But there's a, Zach's brought in a bunch of stuff and a horn. Yeah. Um, and we'll see what happens. See what happens, yeah. <laughs> brought too much stuff, I think. Cool. I was worried it wasn't going to be enough. And then walked out the door with, I'm going to have to condense on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um, well, maybe let's try to start off with some music. Yeah. And uh, get our stuff together. Um, what's first up? Um, so I thought I'd bring in, uh, this is, um, a, one of my favorite tracks by Buffy St. Marie, who recently, a couple days ago, announced that she is, uh, indefinitely kind of on hiatus after some arthritis and kind of performing-related injuries and so sad, sad to hear that. But thought I'd bring this in tribute to her. Um, Who is pretty, Buffy Saint Marie? So she is a Cree um, kind of singer songwriter, I guess you could say. But like, kind of of that same era of like Bob Dylan and that kind of era. But um, very famous, like for as like Native American musician, um, quite quite famous through the 60s, 70s, until now, um, and yeah, um, this, this kind of early period, I think I learned, fun fact, I learned about Buffy St. Marie recently on an interesting documentary called Rumble, um, which is kind of about history of Native Americans in um, kind of rock music and that the FBI um, was after her after, for kind of censorship um, around kind of Native American rights stuff in the 70s, I believe. So, yeah, kind of not something you hear about every day, especially for singer-songwriters, mm. but, yeah. And um, am I right in thinking that you have a uh, Cherokee yes. background? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, yeah, been listening to a lot of Buffy. I brought some, a few other Native American, uh, kind of records. Jim Pepper, um, is a famous tenor saxophonist and yeah, might play some other things, um, as well, but yeah, some stuff that maybe you don't often hear in New Zealand, so, or can't find on streaming or those kinds of things. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, should so, we start with this yeah. Buffy Samuel? What's yeah. the name of this tune? Um, this is It's My Way. Yeah. 
I'm cutting my own way Through my own day And all I dare say Is it's my own I got my own seeds Got my own weeds I got my own harvest That I've sown I can tell you Things I've done And I could sing you Songs I've sung But there's one thing I can't give For I and I Alone can live The years I've known And the life I've grown But away I'm going And it's my way In my own game, I got my own name, and it's my way. I got my own kit, I got my own kin, I got my own sin, and it's my way. I got my own peace, I got my own wrath, I got my own path that only I can Buffy St. Marie. Yeah. Um, cool. Cool. Cool track. Yeah. It's good. Good time was a good one. She's got an amazing voice, eh? Yeah. Powerful. Um, yeah, there's some, especially some of those 60s records, like you can really hear newer stuff, like her voice has dropped a lot, but there's somewhere she's just like soaring really, really high on some of the 60 rec- 60s kind of records and stuff. And it's like, Whoa, <laughs> some crazy vibrato and yeah, her high uh, like wailing vibrato is intense. So. Yeah, yeah, it almost almost kind of not quite many Ripperton level, but you know, that's just like kind of very sailing, soaring 
voice. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Cool, man. And um, so I think you got some work of your own. Yeah. Um, I haven't been uh, haven't been recording as much uh, the past few years, but um, I recently have been getting um, just moved into a spot um, with my girlfriend, Sarah, who's here. And we've got this little extra room. And uh, it's got just enough room for some of my horns. And I've just, like, hung a couple mics and then a little interface and just, like, a tiny little studio. So I've been recording stuff, um, just got my horns, and playing around with kind of improvising but just doing multi-track stuff in DAWs and just doing really simple kind of layering stuff. So this is, uh, uh, let's see, two tenor saxophone tracks, four bass clarinet tracks, and one tiny clarinet track you probably won't hear that's just at the end but <laughs> but yeah so saxophones and and reeds is your like your main instrument yeah so. i would say that and then i've kind of got this other side of like electronic kind of stuff and i'm in kind of a uh cool period of trying to bring them together um for kind of the first time it's always been kind of a separate two separate things so this is uh um i used to write a lot of um kind of large ensemble jazz things or big band stuff so um that's a big influence for me and this is kind of a little bit coming back to that but um i'm probably interested in using this maybe uh in as sort of a soundtrack and maybe doing, I do a lot of kind of visual stuff too. So I'm not exactly sure what this is going to turn into, but I thought I'd bring in something that's sounds done, but isn't <laughs> so kind of like just, just the beginning, the beginnings of something. Yeah. Cool.
Zach Argabright there <laughs> playing uh, multiple horns. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So that's, um, yeah, kind of a multi layered um, kind of imp- just playing around more with just getting um, it's a little bit more, I guess, harmonic than some stuff I've done. Um, but, uh, yeah, kind of coming, coming back into some of that, um, world of, uh, you know, multiple improvised parts, but exploring that just kind of by myself, which is cool. Um, yeah. Um, did you come up through and like, I know in the States, um, high schools and and universities, obviously, but schools have those, um, brass, uh, like big bands and, and the uh, whole tradition of yeah, well, my high school is really kind of strange in that way because um, it was a really small high school. Like my graduating class was like thirty people, which um, there's even smaller schools out there. But um, but it was downtown. We didn't have like many sports teams and stuff, which kind of means not as much like marching band. And then it wasn't enough people for like a big band either. But there's a really strong jazz program. Um, uh, we had really good teacher and like in middle school, which is like intermediate here, they, we had a middle, middle school jazz band, but it's more of like a combo kind of thing. So a few horns and then like a lot of guitarists and bassists and then a few drummers basically that would all rotate and take turns and stuff. Um, and then did that through high school. Um, but big band stuff, uh, kind of is like a f- bit of a thing through, I guess, sort of like a family thing on my dad's side. Cause my dad played trumpet, my grandpa played trumpet and then his brother played trumpet and they were all like, um, would have like, when my dad was growing up in Chicago, they'd have jam sessions and stuff like that at the house so it was like like jazz and especially like especially kind of like new orleans style like more traditional stuff but then also like swing swing band kind of big band stuff like 20s 30s or 20s through 50s kind of big band stuff was um uh glenn miller was like uh some sort of family friend kind of connection and stuff it was one one name that comes to mind so it was always like a big a big thing something i heard a lot in the house and stuff growing up um so yeah, yeah. Cool. um i'm gonna play something actually i might play uh i brought an old uh big band piece of mine it's kind of the last thing i wrote for sort of a big band um it doesn't have piano in it um and some of the horns aren't quite like standard big band but it's basically a big band piece um and it's based on this uh kind of old bing crosby tune called uh i'm an old cow hand but it gets kind of um i've got like cassette tapes so i like have these them they're all playing these like loops of parts of the melody and then i would walk through and record what they're doing and then it sort of turns into the sort of 
deconstructs the tune as it goes along. So maybe I'll play that. Cool. Next.
That was a piece by Zach Agabright called Fire. Fire. Yeah. And what was the recording right at the end? Um, that was the original tune. So that was oh. Bing Crosby's um, I'm an Old Cow Hand, and that's what the kind of piece is based on. Right. So, yeah, it's this, like, kind of novelty song from the 50s, and it's like... Uh, the lyrics are like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a cow hand, but like my my cow is like a four V Ford V8, and I like it's like all these things that aren't very like somewhere between rural and urban life and stuff. So, um, and it's like, yeah, it's been a tune that I've been really interested in for a long time and wanted to kind of like deconstruct it or do something with it. So, yeah." Mm. Mm. Cool. Um, we were just talking while that was playing about um, your work with electronics, which yeah. um, you were at doing a doctorate. We just finished, right? Epic yeah. In circuit bend in my... electronics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's another kind of thing. Uh, in addition to kind of playing wind instruments, I've been really interested in electronics um, for in kind of sound and music for a long time. Um, and particularly with, um, when I was 13, I was like, kind of was hearing all these like synthesized sounds and stuff on records, but I hadn't really like, other than like, uh, we had like a little Casio keyboard around the house or something. There wasn't like a lot. I didn't really have any way of like making those sounds and music. Um, but um, I had heard about um, this thing called circuit bending, which is uh, this pra- the, a term um, that was, I think, the first kind of person to use it is this guy um, pretty close to where I grew up in Cincinnati. Uh, this guy, Reed Gazala, um, came up with this term, although people were probably accidentally or were doing it just under different names and stuff for a long time. But the kind of idea with circuit bending is um, it's a way of reusing kind of wasted electronic materials and opening up the circuit board. So in the case of like what I use a lot is just old kind of electronic keyboards like those Casio keyboards and stuff that I was talking about. And um, instead of playing on the keyboard, you can open it up and there's often lots of unintended additional sounds you can get by kind of crossing wires. Um, a lot of I use like alligator clips, but you can use copper coins or just any kind of piece of metal even your fingers, um, and uh, this kind of whole world of noise and stuff um, and kind of exploring uh, the device. It can get a little bit... um, There's kind of like two sides of it. People can be very like into sort of 
you know, destroying the this thing and like um but uh I've kind of come to not be super like wanting to be rough with things or like using it or controlling it necessarily because one of the things that's really cool about circuit bending especially as an improviser it's a very um unpredictable environment and i find can be very like you're improvising with a collaborator the collaborator is that material um and so that's kind of what i was doing my studies around was looking at um, even broader, like where where does this technology, this electronic material come from? Like literally, where does the copper come from? Or and kind of looking at the origins of this material and being able to kind of relate to it personally and like really personally, just like I might relate to my saxophone. You know, people name their instruments or kind of you know have this relationship with instruments, and I feel like. Um, that's kind of the opposite of when you throw something away. Um, so, um, really trying to, and that's kind of been a cool journey for me to kind of study that and work more closely recently. Um, kind of, it's a way of kind of looking at the materials where it kind of makes you reflect on where, where I come from or where I'm going in the future and kind of looking at this whole like kind of in terms of relationships and stuff and looking really kind of deeply into the object. But um, what I'm going to play is I've recently, because I've kind of had these two kind of things of this kind of electronic world and this kind of winds world, I've been really interested in trying to combine them. So this is another kind of work in progress kind of excerpt from something and what I'm doing here um, it's all um, I've recorded through mics similar setup as the first kind of thing I played um, but it's all a lot closer mic'd and I went in through a regular you know, laptop DAW but I've um, sent an effects out to an amp and then through some of my kind of keyboards and stuff. So I'm not actually touching the electronics too much, but um, everything's, those electronics are kind of distorting and shaping, and I'm kind of activating those electronics with the sound of the, the reeds. So the instruments I'm actually playing are tenor saxophone and bass clarinet, but other than maybe the beginning, it's a little difficult to tell. It's definitely a noise track. <laughs> I'll play that.
Yeah. Some uh, circuit bent saxophone. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Super crunchy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some so, new sound. I'm not still, it's another one. I'm, it's very new and I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with it yet. I've got an idea of doing, it's one thing, it doesn't translate on radio, but I do a lot of um, circuit bending. You can do can produce sound results but it can also be a sort of moving image um kind of technique as well so i do a lot of video stuff i was thinking about maybe putting out a vhs album because yeah niche (laughs) because yeah yeah. (laughs) why not (laughs) yeah and so some of these could be cool little soundtracks for that um potentially but has vhs made a um like a in the way that cassette tapes for a long time now, probably 15, 10 or 15 years yeah. have really been a kind of underground renaissance yeah. of cassette labels and, 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 and it's, it's a big... It seems like it has with VHS, maybe not as, nearly as big as cassette, but um, like for albums, but uh, it seems like even go around town, Creeps will always have um, some some VHS... Um, tapes especially it seems like it's like very specific movies that people will find will be like especially good to watch like evil dead or like yeah you know so like be great horror is yeah like or like old action or i don't mm. know like science fictiony kind of stuff but or kind maybe of retro. stuff which was like um Born of the eighties, yeah, 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 where it's sort of like you kind of want to watch a little bit of fuzz in the mix of the video or something. There's mm. another place down in Littleton called Dead Video, and I think they sell a lot of VHS kind of stuff um, and like old games and kind of similar-ish to Creeps, I guess. But yeah, um, um, we should. Mentioned that uh, at the moment, this is totally unrelated yeah. to Zach's um, music, but uh, Kedron Parker, who's an artist, sound artist in Wellington, and Mike Haynes is a video artist. They've set up, a, uh, it's like a um, degraded sort of um, DIY video making space through wow. Urban Dream Brokerage somewhere. Oh, cool. um, I think it's in that. Um, uh, kind of Courtney Placey area. Oh, Not yeah. Not sure exactly, but... Um, they had a spot there a year or two ago. Right. Um, uh, like, by the... Uh, in that old block of uh, readings or event cinemas or whatever. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but those guys have been... Um, it's funny because we were talking about Tony Conrad earlier. It's yeah. a similar thing of uh, community access... Um, to uh, making uh, video, yeah, uh, yeah, just about what whatever people want to make it about, yeah, but particularly using outdated and sort of slightly broken, yeah, um, keeping stuff, keeping yeah. its life going on, or mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, by the by, um, you're talking about field recordings being part of your yeah. stuff. I don't know if you want to play. Yeah, some I've got of that. a few um, field recordings I did with. Um, a drummer I haven't talked to in a, a little while now, um, Mark Ballack. He was actually the drummer on that big band recording I played. Um, and we used to, uh, before I lived here in New Zealand, I lived in 
New York City for eight years and uh, used to, we had a little um, batch of recordings we made going into like, um, especially kind of exploring how like water moved through the city. So like old train tunnels and things like that, like um, not quite like a sewage drain, but just like where water's maybe like creeping through under the city, but not really being noticed and stuff and also they tended to be large kind of or maybe not large but kind of concrete or metal very reverberant spaces and we were doing these um kind of performances that were kind of between field recording but just a little bit of performance like almost on the edge of even being performing just like a whistle here or there or some claps or something just engaging with the space a little bit but letting it kind of do its own thing and stuff mm -hmm. so i brought some of those because i haven't i've don't know if i've ever we've ever like put these out in any way so I thought it would be cool to play them here just play a little bit
So it's field recordings from somewhere near an airport yeah. in New York? That, uh, I think that's under a park in the Bronx. From memory, I think it might be St. Mary's Park, but I can't remember um, exactly where. It's like, yeah, so it's an old, I think it's a subway tunnel, but it's an old like freight train tunnel that had filled up with water. And it goes for for miles and stuff throughout the city and stuff. But there's, you just kind of can see glimpses of down inside it from the road. But it's there's only a few there's a few spots you can kind of climb down and just walk along it. Yeah, really some really beautiful acoustic spaces mm. for sure. Um. Yeah, the next track you're gonna play is Raven Chacon. Yeah. Right? This is uh, off an album called Mesa Ritual, um, and I brought this. Um, it's kind of a noise record. Um, Raven Chacon is um, a composer and kind of noise artist. Uh, he's um, Navajo uh, Diné and. Um, I don't know a lot about this particular record, but um, it reminds me of an early record he has of field recordings um, out in the southeast, and he has these kind of... This is a different series, but um, he's kind of amplified these super, super quiet, natural spaces, and I have a feeling this is maybe something similar. Um but uh, it's a really beautiful record on vinyl, I think especially because um, the more you play it, the more crackles and pops kind of enter into the record, and it kind of changes every time you play it a little bit. But just it's a very slow-building record um, with some really beautiful textures and stuff in it. A very minimal, quiet, yeah. almost just like, hum background hum yeah yeah sounds of I, a, I love stuff like that um you I've feel got like you're really in a place you know you're like really brought into some sort of environment or something some sense of place about it it's so slow
Yeah, so that was the first track on the album by Raven yeah. Chacon. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, the whole album is sort of different noise textures like that, right? Yeah, yeah. It really builds up and there's... We've, I've Sometimes on our admin days I've been bringing it in and they're kind of... We'll play it and it seems like there's some kind of tracks that kind of creep up on you. It's like, is it falling off or is it, you know... Doing some sort of thing that's still recording, part of the recording. Yeah. Cool. And um, we're almost out of time, but there's yeah. one, uh, one one more, more track, track you want to play, eh? Go back to saxophony kind of stuff. This is a very special um, tenor player, um, and tenor's kind of my main um, horn. Uh, this is Jim Pepper. This is his first album called Pepper's Pow Wow. He is uh, another kind of southeastern native guy. This is from the 70s, I think, 71. Um, and I think I saw on the back, this is actually written by his dad, um, who was, I believe, a big part of... Um, something called the Native American Church, which is really interesting um, story. Um, but his dad is all over this album um, and sings on a bunch of things, which I always thought was really cool. Um, this is called Yana Ho. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll fight it up and uh, thanks, Zach. Yeah, thank thanks you for joining Dan. us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Yana Ho. 